In today's show, we're looking ahead to Friday's action in the NBA, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter, as always, at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. So we have got 11 games on. 11 games on Friday. Let's have a look at what I am watching for. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> First game we're going to take a look at is the Pistons and the Magic. Kate Cunningham. My name is Richie Cunningham. He has been putting up some really big numbers. Will that continue? Let's bloody hope so. I've been really impressed with what he's been doing. I think he's going to be like a third-round pick next year in fantasy. I think he's going to be top 50 pretty comfortably from here on out this year. Jeremy Grant is still out. Kalianik is still out. So he's going to have a lot of the ball still. Um, just really want to watch his development. Also want to watch Killian Hayes, who is coming off the bench, but played 29 minutes to Corey Joseph's 23 last game. He's at least a solid assists streamer. The shooting, I don't think he's ever going to be there. I know he's only a year and a half into his career and really like a full year in terms of NBA games played. But I don't think the shooting's ever going to get there. But the assist numbers, they're interesting. And the steal numbers are pretty good. So let's see what he can bring. While for the Orlando Magic, only Franz Wagner. Wagner? Wagner. He's been up, he's been down, he's back up again. The shooting is really up the last couple of games from Wagner. His role, I don't think, is going anywhere. I would be, at this point, I'm getting skeptical that John Isaac's going to play at all this year, to be fair. I'm just not sure that he's actually going to come back, and that's really weird. But Wagner's got to have a pretty solid role. There is going to be drops in usage, I think, when Fultz comes back at some point for him. But what he's doing at the moment is really, really good. So watching him and seeing how the shooting looks is really important, I think. And then Chumura Kiki, who had played big minutes. And then Bumba played good minutes last game and Akiki barely played. I think Chumura is a solid stream for steals. That's it. Not a guy that you want to roster as a must-roster 12-team league player. The next game we look at is the Lakers and the Hornets. This is a back-to-back for the Lakers. I am not expecting Anthony Davis to play. I don't know whether he will. I do not expect him to play. LeBron James, at the time of me recording this, is questionable for Thursday. Should I do it? Should I just trigger some people? Outside. It's just a goat. No, it's a fucking goat. I don't know what triggers people more. Me playing that or me telling people that sliding in under a player going for a layup for a charge is a bad play. Oh, it's just a defense. It's a really important play. But people get so upset about that. Um, anyway, I don't know if James is going to play on Friday or not. I don't think Davis will. So there is an opportunity for some other guys to really step up. Malik Monk. Monk actually plays better playing next to LeBron because he gets open for wide open threes. But there is a usage spike potentially coming for him. I think he is a 12-team hold. And this could be an opportunity for a big usage Westbrook game. It could be an opportunity for a 29% shooting Westbrook game as well. But he might put up 20, 10, and 10 on 29% shooting if LeBron and Davis both aren't available to go. I expect that LeBron does play. 
but I expect that Davis does it. But watching what Westbrook does will be interesting. For the Hornets, last time we saw them, they were casually dropping 160 points on the Pacers, sorry, 158. And Kelly Oubre had 10 triples. So he's probably in line for six points on 12% shooting in this game. Such is the way that Kelly Oubre goes. Now, he has appeared on the injury report as questionable with an ankle sprain, so he may not play. If he does, we're really bumping up the value of Martin and probably P.J. Washington. Well, Washington was really disappointing last game. He'd played big minutes in the two prior, then played... Uh, oh, sorry, that's not true. He'd played big minutes th three games ago. He got ejected in the one before that against the Raptors, and then played only 18 in the blowout of the Pacers. Yeah, what's his role? Is it 20 minutes? Is it 27 minutes? 27 minutes is 12 team. 20 minutes is not. Is he, if he's going to yeah, vacillate between those two, it's really hard to look at him as Mustros. I think he probably should hold him, but I'm not sure it's going to remain that way. The Celtics and the Hawks. Marcus Smart, last game for Boston was a big um, blowout. So it was hard to get a you know, full idea of rotation. Smart only played 24 minutes, but so did Jalen Brown. And I put Marcus Smart in there because I want to watch the Smart-Shredder dynamic. Do they play together at all? Is it 33 minutes for Smart, 15 for Shredder? Do they play? Does Schroeder get to 27? I really highly doubt that. But let's just see how that dynamic goes. And then Al Horford, who honestly has been quite bad from a fantasy perspective, at least, over the last two months, six weeks, two months. Is he even worth holding on to? Well, the minutes are all over the place. You know, 32, 27, 35, 23. Before that, 25, 30, 17. Like they're all over the place. But production almost consistently is poor. In a 10 10 league, I reckon you could feel okay dropping Horford. In a 12, I'd like to hold, but this will give us maybe another data point, but it might actually even just add to confusion because we don't really know where things are headed for him in terms of that level of production. But it does feel pretty pretty clear that what he was doing early in the season has no basis in reality in terms of predicting what he could do moving forward. But I'm here to tell you about Bet Online. Bet Online is the number one spot for all of your sports wagering action. They are here, the kind blokes at Bet Online, to wish you a happy new betting year. So why don't you go over there to their new updated desktop site or use your mobile device and sign up using the code LOCKEDON and get a 50% welcome deposit bonus on that first deposit. From basketball to football, the NHL, boxing, UFC, or right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait and take advantage of all of the fantastic offers available for 2022. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. BetOnline is where the game starts. NBA trade deadline, two weeks away. Thursday, February the 10th at 3 p.m. And we over at Locked On NBA are going to be doing a live show from 2 p.m. through to 4 p.m. on the Locked On NBA YouTube channel. Kim Beck is going to be hosting it. She's going to be joined by Antonio Daniels, by John Corrales, by Joshy Lloyd. Yeah, I'm going to be there as well hosting that show. So go to Locked On NBA on the YouTube channel. Subscribe to that channel. Hit the notification bell. And for those of you worried, I am going to be doing fantasy analysis of every trade over there. We're going to be breaking it down from an NBA perspective and from a fantasy perspective as well as the trades happen. So make sure you are tuning in over on the live show on Locked On NBA for the NBA trade deadline. Paces Thunder, the dart, Gogo Badadze. Problem with my Gogo Mobile. Gogo Mobile. No, not the dart. Not the dart. Now, can we trust Badadze? It's really hard to, of course, especially considering Sabonis could be returning. We don't know whether Big uh, Big Domas is back or not. But if he is, what is Badadze's role? Because we saw a game where Goga played 28 minutes, or yeah, 25 minutes next to Sabonis. But we also saw a game where he played three minutes with Sabonis playing. So the Goga run could be over if DeMontis is back. Sabonis could also be back on Saturday. 
And let's see how they use Goga and Brissett and Jackson. And then also Chris Duarte, who yeah, he has some okay games, but he is not great. Like, I think he is solid. And with Brogdon out, you want to hold him. But he's not a must roster. Well, he's not going to, I don't think, remain must roster through everything. For now, he is. But I'd like to see something that makes me go, I feel confident in this boat because I haven't really seen it yet. Onto the Thunder. It's been a bit of a slump for Josh Giddy. The shooting's down, the usage is down. Even the assists are a little bit down for Giddy at the moment. I'd like to see that bounce back for him. I also want to watch the Thunder and their center situation because Mike Muscala started the second half last game. Does that mean much for us fantasy? Well, it's not really, but Derek Favors is dealing with his back problem. Favors hasn't played in five straight games. Muscala can come in for deep leagues and bang some threes, and it does have somewhat of an impact on where Jeremiah Robinson Earl sits in terms of minutes. But just watch Muscala, who can be, I guess, a really under-the-radar uh, stream option. The Jazz and the Grizzlies. We're not expecting Rudy Gobert to play. We're not expecting Donovan Mitchell to play. So that means your mate, the worst, Hassan Whiteside, the worst. is probably going to get another start and play big minutes. Now, let's not get this you know, mixed up. He was shocking against the Suns. He was really bad. But he's going to play 30-plus minutes, and he's going to put up fantasy numbers. So he is a must-roster player. Boyan Bogdanovic, the fractured finger, um, I wouldn't say he played particularly well against the Suns. He's always going to have shooting issues, and with Mitchell out, his volume is going to be up. So it's going to be a negative impact on those shooting numbers for him. And he doesn't do anything else. So in the end, actually having a larger role for Bogdanovich can actually be more harmful because it actually has more of a negative uh, field goal percentage impact. So let's see what he's able to do and how the finger impacts him. While for the Grizzlies, we've seen Ja Morant put up some really, really big numbers. He's playing at a sensational level at the moment. And by the time you're watching this show, you might have heard the all-star starters already and he might have been named a starter. That's a possibility. We don't know that yet. Um, but watching what he does is really interesting. And then Brandon Clark, who only played 20 minutes in his first game back, which is probably not quite enough to maintain must roster status. I would hold him and let's see where they go with him. But when Kyle Anderson returns, what's Clark's role going to be? Is it enough to maintain 12-team value? Yeah, we'll have to see. The Clippers and the Heat. Amir Coffey, the Farmers Union. Big numbers from Coffey. The last couple of games, that was on the back of some shit ones after that or prior to that. But yeah, really looking the goods. They're still going to be the man, Coffee, Canard, Bledsoe, Boston, Jackson, Batum situation. But we're in a spot here where Marcus Morris is out again um, for personal reasons. So what the rotations look like the last two games can probably stick here. And that's going to help him and the duck, Luke Canard, who's been really good. Now, Canard offers little outside of points and threes. But that can be enough if the volume in minutes are high enough. And with Morris out, they probably are going to be high enough. For the Miami Heat, hold on to your dicks. You're going to be really shocked to know this, but Jimmy Butler is on the injury report as questionable. What a stunning development that is. Big toe irritation. I tell you what's irritating me, Jimmy. You. And I know you can't help it, but at this point, he is one of the most injury-prone players in the NBA. As simple as that. He's older. His contract, his contract, which is going to pay him, I think, $50 million at age 36, is going to be in the discussion of the Russell Westbrook, John Wall worst contracts in the NBA. It is uh, him and CJ McCollum, their contracts, I think in two years' time, we're going to be looking at those and going, that is actually disgusting and good for you for getting the money, but you are not worth a third of that money. He is consistently hurt. He is going to be old. Uh, he doesn't shoot. It's going to be really bad. But that doesn't change what's happening now. 
But if he is out, and Kyle Lowry is out again, Caleb Martin comes back into our fantasy consciousness. Martin and the Winter Soldier, Max Struess, will get a big bump with no Lowry and no Butler, and they become 12-team options. What does it do for Duncan Robinson, who's played quite well the last three games, shooting the ball really well, hitting a lot of threes? That has enough value to be streamed in. I don't look at him as a must-roster guy at all because he'll be hot and cold, but while he's playing well and while Butler is out, there is an opportunity here for Robinson to um, establish a little bit more value. The Trailblazers and the Rockets. Of course, we got the news today that Nasir Little's out for the season with a shoulder injury. So Norman Powell will get his starting spot back. That's settled. Powell was really horribly inefficient last game for Portland. Um, but the good thing is he played big minutes after coming back from COVID slash personal issues. So that's good. There'll be no Covington. There'll be no Nance. No Lillard, no Zala, no Little. Of course, so Powell is going to get those minutes. And CJ Allaby will have to push up a little bit. Now, those of you, again, asking, I think I've covered this already, about you know, who's the ad with Little out? The answer is nobody. We saw what happens last game. Yeah, Allaby played 20 minutes. McLemore played 22. Snell played 29. You don't want to add any of those guys in even 14-team leagues. But for deeper leagues, you will want to pay some attention here to CJ Allaby. As with Nance, Covington, Little all on the shelf, there are no forwards on this team. And CJ is one of those. He's a forward. And he's ahead of Greg Brown pretty clearly. So there is an opportunity for CJ to at least have some deeper league value. For the Rockets, I want to watch KJ Martin. Last two games, more minutes than the Wild Thing, Jay Sean Tate. Even the Wild Thing's gone well. I can't do much about that. And that's very interesting. I think he is by far a better part of their future than what Tate is. And I would not be shocked to see Jay Sean Tate traded at the trade deadline. I don't know if it'll happen, but I wouldn't be shocked. So Martin is always someone I want to watch. I also want to watch Christian Wood and... Yeah, by virtue of watching Christian Wood, how many minutes Alperen Shengun plays? Last game, the Rockets were killed, so they split the minutes. But if Shengun, oh, you said Wood plays 32, then Shengun's playing 16. And that obviously does not lead to good value for fantasy. But Bilt Bar, that's my fantasy. Just smashing Bilt Bars into my face because we all love something that tastes delicious, but we don't want to put on those calories, or that weight, that extra fat, that extra sugar. We want to just jam our faces full of protein. And full of deliciousness. And that's what Bilt Bar brings. Bilt Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. What's your favorite flavor? And if you don't say cookies and cream, you're dead to me. Cookies and cream is the best flavor. But there's also coconut and raspberry and orange and strawberry and mint brownie and peanut butter brownie, which I'm not that I'm not that keen on. But still, other people love it. Why not? Go to Bilt.com. Load your cart up with boxes of Bilt Bar and you, like me, can smash your face full of protein bars. Bilt.com. The promo code is LOCK15. Bilt Bar is built different. Nuggets and Pelicans. Austin Rivers blew up last game. Do I trust it? No, of course not. It's Austin Rivers. But he did play well, and he scored well. And he'll occasionally have a little stretch like that, much like his teammate Jeff Green, where he puts up a couple of good games. And you go, oh, Austin Rivers, Jeff Green. And then he has three points in 30 minutes. And that's basically what he does. So you're watching the Rivers minutes, the Green minutes, the Green and Rivers production, just to, I guess, clarify to me that they're not worth that value, but let's see what they, what they do anyway. Well, for the Pelicans, last two games for Nikhil Alexander-Walker have been good. I expect Jonas Valanciunas returns, um, but Devontae Graham, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, they're all listed questionable for Friday's game. So does that mean we get another opportunity for big minutes for Alexander-Walker and he becomes a stream option? Yeah, possibly. Probably just need one of those three guys out and Alexander-Walker could become a streamer. Now, he's going to just piss on your field goal percentage. You're well aware of that. But points and threes, they can come that way. And then Herbalife Jones, who just it seems like does the same thing every game. Doesn't matter who's in, doesn't matter who's out. He plays 34 minutes a night. I don't think Zion's coming back. So his role seems pretty locked in. Got to be pretty happy with what uh, Herbalife is bringing you at the moment with the steals and blocks. And the shooting continues to be impressive. The Bulls and the Spurs. 
Last game with DeRozan, Levine, and Green back in the starting lineup. Ayo Desunmu started and didn't do a lot. The shooting dropped off. Assists were down. Usage is putrid. And I think usage will remain putrid. He's not a high usage player. Very hard for a 13% usage guy to have much of a 12-team league fantasy impact despite big minutes. Very hard for that to happen. I am holding him for now, but not for much longer. And I think we can drop Kobe White. With those two guys back, White's minutes drop down, even with Lonzo out and Caruso out. Um, he played 25 minutes. He'll be an occasional hot streak guy that hits some points, gets some threes, very much in the role of the recently injured Tim Hardaway. A guy that you look at and go, oh, 16 points, two threes is nice, but what else are you doing? And are you doing it consistently enough to be useful for 12 teams? And in general, the answer to that's going to be no. I also want to watch the Spurs and Devin Vassell because Vassell, who you know, I like, has played 29 and 30 minutes the last two games. And I go, oh, okay, is that what we're doing? We're doing this, are we? We're really doing it. You have finally admitted that you shouldn't be playing Lonnie Walker those minutes and you're giving them to Vassell and we're reducing Doug McDermott's minutes, are we? This is all really positive. Is Vassell an ad? I don't know that I trust it but I bloody want to watch it. I'd also want to watch Jakob Pertl because he is dominating. I would say Pertl is a sell high, but people still actually think that he's not good. So you're not going to get that value in a sell high. So just bloody ride it out. Enjoy it. As I said in yesterday's show, people think that he's going to lose minutes to Zach Collins. That is the disrespect that Jakob Pertl gets as an NBA starting center. Probably a top 15 starting center, to be honest. I haven't actually gone through and ranked them, but he probably is. And so it's very hard to get that sell high if people don't value him highly enough. Timberwolves and the Suns. Goose. Anthony Edwards. Just dropped 40 points last game on a sore knee with steals and blocks coming out of his ass. He was great. Can he do it consistently, though? It is a back-to-back for Minnesota, so we hope that there's no injuries or anything going on there, but really watching Edwards. And also Russell, who has been an overrated player in his career, I think. I think him fitting into his role has been fantastic. Third, Third offensive option, distributing well. Scoring efficiently. He's been really, really good this year, D'Angelo Russell. And I think that's gone under the radar somewhat. For the Suns, what is Cam Johnson's role going to be? We don't know whether Crowder or Ayton or even McGee will play. If Crowder does play, does Johnson go back to 24 minutes, making him effectively useless for 12-team formats? That's interesting. And then Biombo. If Ayton and McGee play, does Bisback actually play at all? Because he's the third string center, even though he's been playing at such a high level. But if those blokes are out, he's going to play 30 minutes and put up some really good numbers. So he's worth holding, but he literally could also put up a zero next game. That is a possibility, unfortunately. Then the last game of the night, we want to watch the Knicks and the Bucks. Actually, I don't because the Knicks are so embarrassing to watch at the moment. I don't want to watch them that much. But I do want to see if Tom Thibodeau decides that he's going to not be a stubborn bastard and make a change to the starting lineup. Odds would tell me no, but there is a possibility. What What should you do? Well, I, I honestly, I would just say quickly, Grimes, start. Let's see what happens. Let's see where we go from here. But he won't do that. Let's see what Grimes can do. Let's see what his minutes are. And let's see, can Kemba Walker salvage anything? Hello. Probably not. And I wouldn't bother holding on to him. For the Bucks, Drew Holiday was pretty poor last game. Just looking for a bit of a bounce back from Drew with a fully healthy squad. And then also Pat Connaughton played a lot of minutes with Grayson Allen out. Allen should be back from his, well, he will be back from his one game suspension. So the Connaughton, Allen, Matthews, Hill, DiVincenzo minutes, how are they distributed? Because Dante has played 25 and 28 the last two games. Connaughton's played bigger minutes, 29 and 32. How does it all settle in? And can anyone establish 12-team value? Probably not is the answer. Let's look at some back-to-back streams for Friday and Saturday. Some players you can add and get two games out of if you've got the roster space. PJ Tucker, Tory Craig, Grant Williams, John Conchar, even though Bain is back, Jackson Hayes, 
Jeremy Lamb, O'Shea Brissett, Josh Richardson, throw Nikhil Alexander-Walker in there, but he's rostered in too many leagues usually to um, qualify for this list. If we're just looking at Friday streams, Isaiah Hartenstein, I still believe. Cody Martin, Gabe Vincent, Joe Ingles, Killian Hayes, Onyeka Okongwu, Jeff Green, Gary Harris, Dante DiVincenzo, and Trey Lyles. Deeper leagues, all those same names, but throw in KJ Martin, Stanley Johnson, Aaron Wiggins, Rudy Gay, Javante Green, Garrison Matthews, O'Shea Brissett, Avery Bradley, Faku Campazzo, and Jeremiah Robinson Earl. And in points leagues, we're looking at Whiteside, Monk, Bissell, Cody Martin, Brandon Clark, Monty Morris. Some people keep telling me that I did like a voice for Monty Morris yesterday. Oh, I'll do the voice again. I actually don't remember what it was. I think I just Monty Morris. Was it that? I think it was that. Eric Gordon, Isaiah Hartenstein, Mason Plumley, and Trey Lyles. Guys, that will do it for me today. I'll be back later on with a recap show, of course, of the robust two-game slate. We had on Thursday. It'll be a short one. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app here on YouTube. Thumb it up and leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.